This is episode 290 of the Wildlife Photography Podcast. In this episode, why travel with wild eye? Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I am from Wild Eye, and I'm sitting outside of my deck here. It is still locked down in South Africa. I think we've got about nine or so days to go, but it's going well. Zoom and Skype and WhatsApp and social media has been great for us to drive the business. And in a way, I think we've almost got more done from a content and just a, a pure kind of engagement point of view than we have at the office because we've kind of had to focus on it. It has been amazing. So in this episode, I'm going to hand it over to Johan. He had a Zoom session, a Zoom kind of chat with Andrew about basically just about the Wild Eye team and why travel with Wild Eye. Hope you guys enjoy. All right. Hello, everybody. So I'm here with Andrew Beck, uh, one of the directors at, uh, at Wild Eye. Andrew, how's it going, bud? Yeah, good. Thanks and yourself, Johan. Very good, thanks. So we're doing this on uh, on Zoom, which has been um, the the app we've been using to schedule a lot of our meetings, and in this particular case, a podcast. But um, in this podcast, we're going to chat a little bit about um, Wild Eye, sort of traveling with Wild Eye. I think a lot of the people know the the guide side of things, and maybe I want to bring your expertise in here as well, because I know you've been working a lot with um, like the backroom side of things, and um, just to sort of chat to people about you know. People know the guides and, and know sort of what we do. And I mean, there are a lot of other sort of companies out there as well that also just, you know, people see the guide side of it, but they don't always sort of know what is behind the scenes and the extra services that we have to, to offer at WildEye. Yeah, I, th- I think it's quite interesting. Uh, I don't think that every other company um, has the, the the kind of engine that we have um, behind the storefront. You know, I like to put it as you know, you may have you may know the guides from social media. They they're really the storefront, yeah. but uh, beneath that and behind that is a massive engine that's hard at work um, with specific uh, roles and responsibilities. And but all of it is aligned to making sure that our guests have an incredible experience, whether they're joining a scheduled departure, a private guide at safari or a custom travel itinerary um so you know for lots of lots of other companies or you know guide-led companies out there they don't necessarily have the back office that we do and that's something that really does set us apart in that um you know we have an incredible team of of people um Laura, Tanya, Judy, Zander, and then even down to the finance side of things with Elizabeth, um, which all contribute to this. And it, it's, uh, yeah, it's quite a big machine and there's a lot of benefits that come with having that. Um, and I think that's really what you want to, to dive into a little bit today. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's, um, what's been quite cool, I mean, I, I've been with Walla now for, for about four years and sort of seen part of it sort of changing and things and how everyone has got their own sort of certain roles that they play now. But it must be quite interesting from going back to when you guys started, when, when it was just you, Jerry, and Jono in a, in a very small office and having to, to manage everything. Um, it must be really sort of interesting and you must be really proud to see how things have changed and how everyone's got specific roles now. Yeah, it's great. You know, the, the, the funny thing is, um, 
we we had this vision from the get-go so uh, mm. even back from day one we the, the tagline actually used to be destinations photography and equipment and on our website we had a whole bunch of tours um, which were non-photographic it was purely like a travel side of things then there were photographic safaris and then there was equipment rental yeah. um, and those were the three things and it, it became a little bit confusing as to what was where and but you know so we focused on the photographic side of things um, for a long time and now we, we feel that we've actually built that uh, that name and that reputation and on the back of that we can now start to offer and we have been doing this for quite some time but on the back of that we can start to offer um, custom travel itineraries um, to, to clients whether it's extending a scheduled departure that they're doing or, or simply just you know using our big machine and our knowledge and experience um, to, to make sure that they have an incredible time when it comes to their travels to Africa. And I think that's something that's worth diving into a little bit, you know, with the, with the guides and the team that we have, we've got a massive amount of experience, don't we? Yeah. Well, th th that's exactly it. You know, from, from the guide side of things, um, you know, a lot of us, as you mentioned, have been guides in the industry and have worked at various lodges and have, you know, you also have um, friends in the industry who you've often gone to visit and things. So even if you haven't worked there, it's probably a good chance that we've, we've gone to, to visit that particular destination, either with friends or with clients in the past. Um, but I just wanted to, I think a lot of people might get confused about it from a, like the who to contact from a scheduled safari point of view, private guided safari point of view, and then the general travel side of things and what each of those actually mean. Yeah, so I think there's there's three main um, products, if you will, that we have there. The, the one is the scheduled departure, um, and that's really what the what the bulk of our our business is at the moment is these scheduled safaris for groups of like-minded individuals who would like to go to an area hosted by a professional wild eye guide. Um, the nice thing with this is that the, the costs of the guide coming along are split amongst the group. You're traveling with like-minded people, and mm. it's often or for us, we cost all of our trips basically on um, single travelers because we understand that that's most of our market. So there's no single supplement on that. So it's quite a cost-effective way to, to get out in the field with a professional photographer, with like-minded people, um, to some of the most incredible destinations. And that's yeah. around set dates where we would then block and put together that trip and that departure and people could join us for that period. Yeah. Um, the next one is the private guided safari. And that is um, entirely, again, up to a group of individuals or an individual who would like to arrange a private departure. So whether it's a couple, whether it's a family, whether it's a group of some of our repeat guests who, you know, they've met each other on various departures, they start chatting, hey, we would love to have Johan host us on a trip through the Okavango Delta next year. Why don't we try and put something together? It's yeah. not necessarily a scheduled departure that we're going to advertise on our website, but that may be a group of three, four, five, six people who yeah. would like you to accompany them on a custom built private guided itinerary through the delta for example yes and then i think the third one which often gets combined with our scheduled departures is the custom travel component so you know for someone who's coming out to africa for the very first time they're coming to south africa they're going to join us in the sabi sands for our um sabi big five uh, safari next year they go into the field with marlin for for that safari for that duration but they don't just want to get on a plane and go back home now they'd like to go and check out cape town or maybe go and see Tswalu or medique in conjunction with that yeah. and that's where we can then extend their time on safari 
And the benefit with that is that we already know their logistics, where they're coming from, what they're doing. They've already um, initiated a payment to us for their scheduled departure. So it makes sense to just combine everything with one service provider. It's one point of contact if things go wrong. It's one point of contact to make sure that everything lines up correctly. And so you're not having to juggle with um, multiple operators or ground handlers to make sure that your itinerary runs smoothly. So those are the, the three kind of pillars if you will um from within the travel side of things yeah that's that's brilliant and i think the 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 great thing and this is where the um where the engine sort of room comes into it is with all of those safaris that you mentioned even when we're out in the field we've got people in the office that are dedicated to do those particular safaris so if you guys are interested in a scheduled safari then Judy will be your point of contact who will then chat to you with everything regarding flights, what to pack, itinerary, all of that. Um, and then the same thing from, from a private guided safari, we've got Tanya in the office who, once again, you might have sort of spoken to Andrew, Marlon or Jerry or Mike, whoever. We can then, when we travel, we can hand it over to Tanya for the private guided safaris. Um, and she basically runs with itinerary. She'll be your point of contact. Um, and then Zander from a, um, a general travel point of view. So I think it's, it's really great that, you know, that there are those points of contact for each of those particular safaris from the minute that you, um, you book to, you know, sort of chatting about flights, accommodation, um, different options, uh, what to pack, um, you know, medication, all of those things, which I think is really important. I think if you, if you go with one particular guide, you know, once that person starts traveling, especially to, um, a lot of these remote destinations, they might not be able to get in touch with you for a couple of weeks. Whereas with us, then you, you've got that point of contact the whole time. They're in the office or like now working from home, but they you have access to those people um, on a daily basis, which I think is great. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, um, we've all got different skill sets. Uh, as guides, we, we, we really cut our teeth out in the field and we're really good in the field and maybe admin and, and the arrangements are not the strongest part. So, you know, the, the, the people that we have in place, I mean, Judy, Tanya, Zander, um, they, they really know what, what they're doing. Um, and I think something else worth mentioning is the, the kind of the wealth of knowledge and experience that we have as a company. Um, mm. You know, if you just think about any of our scheduled departures, the lengths that we go to identify which camp we're going to use in what area um, and for how long we spend in each of those times. And if there's three camps in that area, why would we go to this one and not that one? Um, That all gets kind of put into this machine. So the, the knowledge base that we're able to draw on, as you said earlier, there's very few places that our team of guides hasn't either worked at or doesn't know someone that works there or have visited themselves. So when it comes to, you know, planning an itinerary for someone, whereas a lot of other operators and travel agents, for example, will work very closely with Lodge A because they get a really good um, commission and a structure with them. And sure, it's a nice lodge and they've just rebuilt and they've got nice varnished decks and they've got soft beds and all this sort of stuff. We take it a little bit further and we say, well, right, what is it that you're looking for? What is the, the experience that you're looking for? Okay, well, this is a good lodge, but we would suggest here because, you know, for the same amount of money, you could maybe spend two nights extra. And I know that you really want to just spend time in the bush and maybe you don't need that little bit of extra luxury. Um, You know, it's, it's that kind of, tailor-made and one-on-one personalized attention to detail really taking a chance or taking the 
the opportunity to understand what the client is looking for in their experience and then being able to draw on our knowledge base and say, Hey guys, listen, which of the camps in the Delta do you think could do, could fulfill this niche? Which, what time of year are you looking at? Okay, well, let's maybe go here. This place is better because there's a little bit more water there at this time of year than the next camp. Yeah. And I, I think that makes a huge difference in making sure that guests experience um, you know, the best possible um, safari. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I think nothing beats that, that first-hand experience, not just of the camp itself, but also the environment and the times of, of the year that people want to travel. I think that that's a, that's a very valid point that you got there. Um, I want to chat to you a little bit about um, the safari that I had now in the Serengeti. So um, I, was, I was in the Serengeti for a month now and with this machine that we've been chatting about you, now, It was almost a little bit longer, wasn't it? It was almost a little bit longer. Well, if I was, um, if I had my own business, it would have been a bit longer. I still would have been probably around <laughs> the coffee there somewhere. <laughs> Um, but th that's where I really saw this, uh, this machine that we've been talking about now really um, come into play. And I know you were, you were a vital part of, of that as well. Um, well, yeah. I mean, so on, on that, I, I really wasn't that much of a part of the machine. And there was a stage where we were kind of looking in and just touching base and, you know, obviously knowing what was going on. But um, exactly like you say, you know, it's one of those things where you've got the systems and, and the people in place. The, there's, a, there's a directive to say, right, we need to get out and yeah. things happen. People yeah. know what they need to do. People pull together. And I think Laura and Judy um, uh, work really well together on that. And your wife must love you. I mean, she was, she was moving heaven <laughs> and earth to get you back here. But, so, um, but yeah, I think, you know, when, when, it's, when it comes to crunch time, um, we're in a fortunate position that we've got an incredible... Um, back office team that even now with, you know, the coronavirus situation, it's almost like there's a, a crisis management aspect of the business, but nothing, it, it's not at any stage, nothing kind of grinds to a halt. Everything else continues yeah. whilst certain people do what they do best and get stuck in and resolve the issue. So um, yeah, it, it's, it, it was a great example of how, how the machine works and how quickly the machine works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if, for those of you that are listening, um, wondering what these crises is, um, oh, so I'm going to start with, with the first one, which is quite an interesting one. We, um, East Africa had quite a bit of rain over the last sort of, uh, well, few months, actually, and the, the big rains are only supposed to come now. But I, I want to sort of, for the people listening, put yourself in a situation where if you had to book this by yourself, traveling by yourself without... Um, without a guide and also with maybe with your travel agent on the other side of the of the world and being able to get in contact with them so on um maybe you'll know some of these stories as well but on our last night um at ilani plains with all the rain that came through the the, the river in front of camp actually flooded so there was no ways of getting to camp this this happened at about six o'clock in the evening um and the, the scary thing is no one in that area, I mean, and we, we've been going with guides that have been guiding in that area for 10, 15, 20 years. No one has ever experienced water levels that high. Um, and getting to that river at about six o'clock in the evening, obviously, like we said, there was no ways of crossing through there. We eventually decided to sort of wait it out and give it two hours to, um, to try and see if the water would, uh, would drop down. I mean, like I said, no one really knew exactly you know, how long it was going to take. And about 8 o'clock that evening, we had to start making calls about 
um, about where we're going to go. And that's where the, the team and the office really came to their own. Um, we were on, on phone calls numerous times, you know, looking for alternative um, sort of accommodations. And eventually, you know, after probably about five or six different phone calls, we decided to, um, we, we got a camp available, which was uh, quite a distance away, but it, it gave us a place to sleep that night. I mean, if we, if we didn't do that, then, you know, staying, um, staying in the, um, you know, in the vehicle just wasn't going to be an option. You know, you've got wild animals roaming around there. And actually, funny enough, in that when we were at Ndutu with the second group after that, we actually met up with two vehicles who had to overnight with their guests on the plains of Ndutu because they got stuck and yep. had no other way of going out. I mean, you just imagine the sort of scary experience that must be. I mean, we, we eventually got to, the, to our, our camp at about two o'clock in the morning and had like hardly any sleep. But it was still, you know, being able to speak to our office and make arrangements for other accommodation. It could have been a hell of a lot worse if you were just, you know, booking the whole thing by yourself or with the agent that's on the other side of the world, not sort of knowing where you are and um, where to go or how to go about things. Yeah, you know, and, you know, just from a guide and guest perspective, um, you know, you make one call and then know that multiple calls and pressure be, is being put in place to make sure that things uh, get back on track or manage the situations managed, you know, yeah. you're not having to have the guests exposed to that up and down and constant relaying. Obviously, yeah. communication is key, but um, it yeah. makes a huge difference, Johan. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, I, I know the guests are very, very thankful for that. And I think, um, yeah, like I said, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. And, and speaking to people, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine sort of the fear that people might have, you know, staying in the middle of the bush at night in a vehicle, you know, not knowing where you are. So that was, um, that was a great relief and, and really thankful for the, the office sort of hustling and uh, finding us a place to stay on that particular evening. And then um, our, luckily it was our last day on safari. I was, um, we had just finished lunch just before that, uh, we were watching uh, two cheetahs hunting. And then I got a phone call from Lara, who in a very calm voice said, um, you need to get to the airstrip in about two hours time. You're flying out this afternoon. Um, we were supposed to stay in the Serengeti for another night. Um, and then obviously with this whole, um, you know, stopping flights and things were, were going on, we had to get out there as soon as possible but again you know with us racing to the airstrip then thank goodness we made it we're still watching other people just going about their business going about their game drives in a normal way not having any idea of um, of what's going on out there yeah um, and luckily i mean we we managed to make our way out we, we got the flight literally with seconds to spare um, and then got to to Kili airport um and then obviously my biggest, well, our biggest focus was then to try and get those guests out to flights um, to the States. And I mean, that Kilimanjaro airport was an absolute dog show, as you, as you can imagine, you know, with flights being overbooked. Um, uh, I think uh, it was a KLM flight that was flying from Kili to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam to JFK, if I'm not mistaken. And I think they were over, overbooked by about uh, 20 people. So that, that was, uh, this must have been about five o'clock that evening. By just after eight o'clock that night, Laura and Judy had the guests and my flights sorted out 
from Kili all the way back home, which is, I think was pretty spectacular. It's quite phenomenal to actually think about it that way. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's amazing. And, you know, there have been so many cases where it's little changes. I recall one coming out of the Timbavati and I was going, uh, connecting straight into Kenya. Um, everything was, you know, lined up perfectly. We're going to fly from Hoodsprate, land in Joburg, and then fly out to Kenya overnight in Nairobi and then continue on to Amboseli the next day. Yeah. All except for a delayed flight out of Hoodsprate. Um, so, you know, by the time we got on the plane from Hoodsprate, the connection time was really, really going to be tight. Um, and so I hopped on the plane. By the time I landed, there was a guy with a board um, in, in Johannesburg. He grabbed us. We grabbed our luggage. He whisked us through um, the back ends of the, the, the kind of bowels of the airport to get through to the um, customs guys. And we quickly cleared customs and literally walked onto the plane. It was that tight. That's but, amazing. you know, that was the sort of thing that had been put in place. Now, the, the option, the other alternative with that is that everything else gets delayed. You miss a day on safari. So, you know, that quick reaction and quick thinking to make things happen on the ground like that. Um, you know, as the guide, I was boarding the flight. I wouldn't have been able to put something like that into place. But it all happened whilst you're in the air. Yeah. So it's, um, it's just another great example. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, that, that overall experience um, can make the difference between a great safari and an average safari. Yeah, 100%. So, um, guys, I mean, if, you, if you're listening out there, really sort of think about you know, all these things that we, we've mentioned. You're not only getting um, experienced guides on the ground traveling with you with extensive knowledge um, of the environment and, and photography and the area that you're in, but you've also got a support team that... Uh, back us and you when we're out in the field, you know, that will keep us up to date. Um, I mean, for me, it was like people were asking, I think Krista did an interview with me uh, the day I got back sort of um, over the phone and things. And for me, it, it was an absolute, uh, we were living in a dream, you know, you're sitting on the, on the Serengeti plains and you hear about these things of, you know, you need to get back to your country as soon as possible. And, and this and that was going on. But luckily I had sort of, I was touching base with the office on a, on a, like every day, but I had enough trust in our team that I knew that, you know, if something, if something had to happen or we needed to get out there as soon as possible, they would let me know. And that's exactly what happened, which, um, yeah, if you were by yourself, it would have been a lot more stressful and possible disaster. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a huge difference. So, yeah, Johan, this has been great. I, I think, uh, I hope it's going to add some value to people who've maybe not uh, that familiar with the way that we do things and guests who've not yet traveled with us and uh, don't know just how far we go to make sure that our guests have the most amazing experiences on any of our safaris. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks, AB. Um, guys, we're going to cut this short. Just uh, our time is running out on this uh, on the Zoom. And also connectivity has been a bit of a struggle over the last few days. So, Abi, thank you so much for your time. And, and thank you for just giving people a little bit more of an insight of, of what we do. And I hope this, um, this clarifies things for people for the future as well. Lovely stuff. Thanks, Johan. You guys have a great day. Thanks, man. You too. Cheers, bud.